Hi, this is Nancy Miller for My Creative Life, and today I'm interviewing Tamika Grooms, who is a children's book illustrator, and she's the illustrator coordinator for The Southern Breeze. Hi, Tamika. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. It's my pleasure. I'm glad I could be here. Oh, wonderful. Well, I... I know you have a lot of things that you do besides being an illustrator um, and being a, um, the illustrator coordinator for the Southern Breeze. Um, besides all of that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, well, I, I am a visual artist. Um, I really enjoy storytelling, whether it's written or in film. Um, I'm still trying to get to the film part, but I have these, these stories that are kind of going around in my head that I that I work on periodically. And um, I also really enjoy doing, doing murals too. So um, I'm getting more and more into public art, but right now my focus is really on children's book illustration. Wonderful, because I went to your website, you have a lot of book titles that you've illustrated. And then I saw the one about the crash test dummies that you did for Peachtree. Yes, yes. So last year, Peachtree Publishing um, uh, published a book um, it's called Save the Crash Test Dummies, written by Jennifer Swanson. And it's a nonfiction book. And it's really just about the crash test dummies that have gone through the course of time to protect people and keep them safe in their cars. And what is the next step for crash test dummies? So um, we put together this book. Jennifer did a really quirky, informative book for probably the age, maybe eight to 14, depending on what the child is interested in. And uh, it was just really fun read. And it was really fun doing the illustrations as well, because I was able to get out of the cutesy mode of doing illustrations and do some things that were a little out of my wheelhouse and, uh, you know, challenge myself a little bit. So it was great working with Peachtree. Wonderful. Now, I was curious about that. I know this is not in my original. Sometimes I get a little bit off topic, but the, that book about the crash test dummies, was that something that you had already known the author? Had you done work with sometimes? I, I know that sometimes people pair up or was that the first time you'd worked with that author? That was the first time I've worked with her. Um, but I knew Jennifer Swanson from going to the Southern Breeze SCBWI conferences in our region. Um, if you don't know about SCBWI, it's the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. And it's an international organization supporting people for, who are interested in children's books and creating them. And so I went, I go to this conference because I, I work with the organization yeah. and Peachtree was there, their art director, oh. uh, looked at my portfolio, saw some of my work and then later called me back um, to do work a year later. So there was some time that passed and they had already been working with Jennifer and trying to find an illustrator and they chose me. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great to hear that, you know, that that connection that you had, you know, placed. And when you met the art director, was that one of the workshops that they had for like just the one-on-one -on -one portfolio critiques or? Yeah, so we have faculty that come to the conferences and they do workshops, they do critiques, um, they do keynote presentations, and basically they also engage um, with the people who are coming to the to the conferences, um, you know, at our kind of networking type events. And so it's a really great opportunity to, to meet people, get to know them, um, and uh, really find out what they're looking for because there is, there's usually opportunities that can be found. It's not guaranteed, mm -hmm. but, you know, if you're in the space where people are doing the same thing that you want to do, you're putting yourself at a greater chance to succeed. 
That's great. I was so impressed by the, on your website. You are like the networking queen. Obviously, I'm like bow down to to make it because she. You have a this Atlanta group that I saw that you do um, workshops and critiques because that seems like that's actually separate than from the Southern Breeze. Is that the way? Because that's totally different, isn't it? Is that local it to is. Atlanta? It is. So um, I started it because I was working as a local liaison for Southern Breeze. And um, as an outreach program, so they have people that are in throughout the region to kind of connect with people in their local areas. So I was working in that capacity, but there's only so much support I get from the organization oh, yeah. from doing that. So I was like, I can do more. I can bring more people in and I can also help to diversify um, SCBWI by being a presence in the community. So the programming that I do through Kids Lit ATL is really to help diversity and to let other people know that, um, you know, all people are welcome in the children's book industry. You know, there's a movement going on now, you know, we need diverse books and own voices. And how do you invite people to the conversation to let them know that your stories are also valuable and we need, the children need to hear, hear them, not just the industry, but the children need to have those stories and see themselves reflected in a book. So that's part of why I started Kids Lit ATL. And I also have a YouTube channel that goes along with that. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And also because um, the mural work, I thought that was lovely. Your personal work is really nice. Like, I love the movement. I love the, like, there's a certain energy to your work. You know, that's what I feel like when I first see it. It's very um, striking because of the line work, the colors, the movement. It feels very rhythmic to it. And so I know this was not a question again on my, but it's like, where is that inspiration for that personal work? Because that's, you know, something that's, you know, more of a self-driven project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, my personal work is a little different. Uh -huh. So uh, I used to dance and I'm very into music. Okay. And I think the rhythm that's in the in the work, uh -huh. um, the movement of the paint and the colors that I choose and how they bounce off of each other. Um, also, too, when I do characters, they're very expressive. So part of what I think I'm trying to do is animate a two-dimensional object and make it come to life. Um, I th that's probably why my mind in the future is going towards film. Oh. But, uh, but I think really animating the artwork is okay. part of what I'm trying to do. And, um, and also, too, I, I do yoga and all that other kind of spiritual practices, <laughs> okay. too. So I think all that kind of melds into it. And, and having my own original work outside of the children's book illustrations allows me to express that mm -hmm. um, without it having without me having to worry about is it going to sell or is it, anybody going to buy it? It's really for me okay. um, and anybody who appreciates it. Great. Well, it's very lovely. I really liked um, looking at it. It was just really neat because it's so different and it was very expressive and it just seemed like, oh, she's got, you know, some really, um, in the dancing part, now that you mention it, makes sense with that work. Yeah. So I wanted you to kind of relate and share with us, like, when was it that you realized that you were probably going to be an artist? Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, I think I was born an artist, mm -hmm. to be quite honest. You know, my mother said I had big hands when I was little and I started drawing at an early age. Oh, nice. um, I have some documentation of okay. that, too. Um, but I, I remember being probably in the first or second grade and um, coming home and showing my parents my work like kids do. 
and they looked at it and I was very proud. <laughs> they looked at it and they didn't know what they were looking at. And I remember specifically, you know, they were just trying to figure the work out. So that wasn't necessarily the moment that I figured out I was an artist or, you know, winning awards throughout um, my elementary and high school years. I think when I became an adult and also was working outside of my field and saw that my art had value in the marketplace, I felt that it was, it behooved me uh-huh. to explore that part of myself uh-huh. and to allow that to come through. And, and really owning the fact that I've always been an artist um, kind of, I think was a turning point for me. And it really didn't happen until I was an adult. So um, not only like a few years ago. Really? So, You've yeah, done all this in a few years? Uh, well, I, I think I've always been an artist, uh-huh. but owning it is a whole nother thing, right? So, yeah, yeah. so sometimes, sometimes, you know, we look at artists as starving artists uh-huh. or it's not a viable career. But, um, you know, through mentorship and training, I've seen that I can be an artist and I can thrive as well. So um, I think in the past few years, having that support has kind of helped me take on that role. That's wonderful. That gives me hope because I took a break from my illustration and graphic design career because I was a graphic designer and illustrator for about 10 years and I had started doing some small trade books um, with little publishers and then, um, you know, had a career change, have a have a son and I kind of wanted to take a break from that and so I kind of focused on my teaching career for about 11 years. And now I feel like I've kind of flipped that little switch that makes me say, I'm, I'm kind of ready for this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that happens um, if you haven't been owning the art part of it. But sometimes if it's in you, there's a switch that happens right in your yeah. 30s and 40s <laughs> that says, OK, now is the time um, to, you know, to value what you have to bring to the table, too. So. So yeah, I, I totally get it. Good. Oh, well, then I, I feel like I'm not alone. That's great. <laughs> right. So you do different kinds of work. It looks like, you know, from the murals to the paintings. Do you have a particular favorite type of art you like to make? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I think I really enjoy the illustration, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. Um, the murals give me... I'm a little bit of a showboat. The murals mm-hmm. give me an opportunity to engage with people okay. um, publicly okay. and also see their res- their responses to the artwork publicly. Um, but the illustrations allow me to tell a story. And so I, I, at this time, I really enjoy that. And, um, you know, taking characters and environments through a story start to finish and the whole process of it too. Um, with illustration, you have to enjoy the process because mm-hmm. you're doing the characters over and over again. Um, it's not a it's not a fast process, and, and sometimes artists can't do that. Um, it takes practice. It takes some skills that you have to learn. But if you enjoy the process, you know it's rewarding too. So I think illustration at this time probably is my favorite. Wonderful. Now you mentioned that you are also doing some writings. That you have stories. That you have film ideas, animation. Can you tell a little tell us a little bit about that part? Is this something that you've always had, or you just recently because of the children's books? No, I think um, it's always been there. Um, I've always written. Okay. Um, I have not owned that part of myself yet <laughs> because yeah. there's some skills that I feel like I still need to learn. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't really share that a whole lot okay. publicly. It's just something that I'm working on quietly in the background. Uh-huh. Um, but I've always written, um, always written poetry and, and uh-huh. stories like since from a young age. So um, it's just something that I'm continuing to do. And 
I have these stories that I'm, I'm working on and percolating in my head that I'm putting the paper now. So. Oh, that's amazing. I just, I think that's really hard. Like, I think people may think it's easier writing for children's books, but you have so few pages. You right. have to, an audience that, you know, they're, they're a young age, so it's a little bit different depending on the age range. And I think sometimes people think, well, that's just an easy market that takes you, you know, but hearing when I sat through those workshops and I really not interested in writing right now, but it's just something interesting hearing the part of the author's part of it and their journey, like years and years to rework a picture book manuscript. Yes. Like, yes. like one lady, she got hers, but I, mean, I think it was decades. I was like, wow, that is commitment on a level mm -hmm. to wa watch your craft, you know, to be willing to hone your craft that uh, to that level. And that's, it's also important to always be working. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe she worked on that story mm -hmm. for 20 years, but she was probably working on other stories as well. Mm -hmm. And so she probably has like all these things in her back pocket that could be released, but maybe they're not ready, mm -hmm. but a writer writes and an yes. artist creates art and, you know, whatever it is that you do, you do that continuously not, and not everything makes it to other people's eyes, yeah. but it's the process of creating that, that an artist enjoys. So, yeah. And I like that comment you made in a workshop about like, it's not about it being a, like a, you know, a sprint. It's going to be a, it's a, it takes a while. It's like a marathon. <laughs> you're you're going to have those um, points of where it's going to be slower at points and where it's going to take longer. And everybody's journey is just a little bit different and there's ups and downs throughout it. But it's fairly normal from what I gather and what I remember. It takes a while. It's not, maybe for some people it's overnight, but general rule, it's like you're working on your craft. You're making it better. You're trying to understand the market and everything. Just to add, I just want yeah. to add real quick. Well, yeah put a timeline on, on me doing the illustrative okay. work yeah my daughter okay. just turned 20 yesterday uh -huh. when she was four that's when i started exploring how to create wow. picture book dummies that's 16 years yeah. <laughs> of me exploring the art and and trying to get better and to learn more 60 like if if i didn't yeah. have her to gauge it by i probably wouldn't know that that much time has passed uh -huh. but it's been 16 years of the process of developing my work learning more about the mm -hmm. industry, going to workshops, you know, networking with people. Like there's a whole thing beyond just creating the work. If you want to put a book to market, mm -hmm. there's a whole nother process to that. That's the business side of it that a lot of people, artists don't have um, the skills yet, mm -hmm. but there's skills that they can develop or they can get help to. So. Yeah. And I think the thing I've learned, cause I was very, very shy when I was younger. And I also through college, I was like, and even it was really when I started teaching, when I became a teacher, I literally had to perform yep. seven or eight <laughs> times a day. And even with high school, I now teach high school, but I'm still performing seven times a day. And it's like, you put on a little show and you, you entertain and you, you get them engaged about what they're learning about. And then I learned to be less scared about talking to people or just about it to anybody in general, because I had to be in so many different circumstances with, you know, can you talk to a pre-K or can you talk to somebody's parent and can you talk to a high school student and can you talk to an adult and in bigger groups too. So that was helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you, are there any artists that inspire your work or influence your work? Hmm. Um, 
Let me just say, I think Kadir Nelson's work is so powerful. (laughs) I've been following his work forever. And um, I've seen him, his work grow in the picture book market. Um, But man, just the level of skill that Mm -hmm. he has is pretty amazing to me. And also the fact that he can ride the fence between um, picture book illustration and then fine art is is something that all artists aren't able to do um but he does it like fluidly going between the two and there's probably other things that he's working on but he's just so talented um so he's one of my favorites in the picture book market um locally um i I, i'm really inspired by art entrepreneurs okay um one of of my mentors his name is dan flores he goes by the 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 creative genius um dan dtm flores and also a great chris Greg Christie, um, they're both illustrators, um, but they're also very proficient art entrepreneurs. And I think that the way they've carved out a niche for themselves in the market is something that a lot of artists can, you know, kind of learn from. So um, that's inspiring to me. That's awesome. And I have to add, Kadir Nelson, love his work too. Okay, and I would teach during elementary art because the first eight years of my career was teaching elementary art when I was teaching. I read Henry's Freedom Box third grade every third graders we did that because it tied into some of their standards i'm crying the children are crying you know at a children's book would cause us to feel this kind of emotion about a time period that it's really you know to get so wrapped up in the story and it's a children's book and then to feel these emotions and the kids are just like what's going to happen next? And it's only in a short span that I would read the book and then we'd work on an art project that would tie into that. And it's fantastic. Yeah, his his illustrations, I totally agree. He's definitely a favorite of mine as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, that's the real powerful thing about yeah. the children's book, um, the children's literature mm-hmm. genre. Yeah. Um, you know, people do look at it as a simplified version of reading, but Really, if it's done well, mm-hmm. you can go inside of people's hearts and change and, you know, rearrange things and they come out different on the other side. Like it's a, a real tool that you can use to influence society. So um, I hope to one day be a part of the greats. But if I never do, I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> oh, no, I think you're, you're definitely on your way. Oh, my God. Definitely gosh. on your way. <laughs> Such a powerful medium. Yes, I totally agree about that. Um. So can you tell me how you stay motivated to keep working? Because like, I find it's hard. Like I, when I was working, doing freelance work, it's great when you have work and you're excited and you're working on your work. But then when you have those gaps (laughs) and sometimes it happens, um, how do you stay motivated to work on your personal projects and do other things? You know, it it is tricky. Um, you know, paid projects keep you motivated, um, but I also have to kind of get outside of my own space, out of my own head, and sometimes getting out in environments and observing the world helps. Um, sometimes travel helps, but just like being out in the world and observing things that you don't pay attention to because you're not, um, you're moving too fast, essentially. You know, uh, you're working, you're doing your life, and you're moving too fast, but sometimes if you purposefully slow down to observe, that might be an opportunity for you to um, to maybe sketch mm-hmm. or, or get inspiration from the things that are going on around you just by being observant. Um, I also use art prompts from time to time, okay. um, online art prompts, just to kind of get me out of the habit of drawing the same thing that I draw all the time. 
um, applying for art calls also helps me because it forces me to create work maybe along a specific theme. Um, so that, that those are the things that kind of help get me out of a rut is, is I guess really what I'm trying to say is like I have some have I have something to pull me out of it. So um, but yeah, I, I struggle with the same thing. It's not easy. Um, and if you're always trying to grow, mm-hmm. you do have to have something that motivates you. But those are just a few of the things that I use. Yeah, that's a great idea. I would like to I keep telling myself I'm going to do Inktober. I am going to get there one day. I'm going to do Inktober. And then also uh, May is um, um, May. Mermaid, the mermaid yeah. one that, um, mm-hmm. oh goodness, he, would, I'm trying to, Blackston, I think that's his last name. He's the animator who did like, I think, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. Um, but he started that and I've been like eyeballing that one. So I'm hopefully going to get, get to do those things. And I think um, for me, I'm just really more fulfilled when I do have personal projects and I get back to those things that remind me of this is why I love art this is why I love illustration and it kind of keeps my work fresh and so because I took such a long break I realized like all that stuff I did 10 years I can't show that again it's like it's a it's old it's changed the the um because there are you know you can tell when something's 10 years old versus now and so like I'm working on trying to figure out what my voice is and what mediums I really enjoy and sandboxing and playing around with using, you know, some materials that I normally wouldn't even think about. So it's, it's good to experiment and play. Um, I think that's part of why I started doing the murals too, is because I needed to do something totally different from the illustration to pull my brain out of, you know, working smaller um, working privately. It's just the opposite of that. It's huge and it's public. So, um, so sometimes engaging with other people, maybe engaging with other artists too. So being in community with other people who are in your creative space. So I have friends who are painters that do contemporary art. Um, but I also have friends that do illustration and I draw from both of those groups, different energies and inspiration too. So that's great. I learned as I've gotten older to value those connections because when I was younger, I think I was just so horrified. I was like, you do all these critiques and I, I just like sit in the corner and not want to say anything. But as I've gone back to get my master's degree and I'm working on my MFA, I value what the people that I respect in my classes because their work is so good. I go like, you know, tell me what is wrong. Tell me how I can make this better. And that has brought my work it might have taken a redo, but it looks so much better because they see things like that. I go like, oh, my goodness, that is that is a great idea. I didn't think about that. Let me try it. Let me explore that direction. And so um, and the camaraderie, like you said, it makes you feel like you're not necessarily in this bubble. Um, I think artists we do. Um, I think sometimes there's that idea of being that reclusive artist, but I feel like I do need a little bit of that connection with other people and kind of exploring what I'm trying to communicate. Is that what I'm communicating? Because it's a, you know, a visual medium and, you know, trying to communicate with other people. Exactly. Yeah. And you do need that feedback too. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember sweating bullets just at the idea of showing my portfolio to anybody, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it was really hard because I didn't have the confidence yet. And I also didn't have the ability to take critique um, because I didn't have confidence. Yeah. Yes. And and so now I'm just at the point where, like, just give it to me. Just tell me whatever it is I need to do to get it moving forward. So 
Um, but it's not easy. Um, a lot of times, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. And I realized probably one of the things that switched for me, it was realizing because when I was in my undergrad and I studied illustration and this was so long ago, so, so long ago, but probably the thing I thought I was doing was I thought I was competing with my peers, but it's really not competing with my peers. I'm competing with myself. And I'm saying I want to be better than I was six months ago. Once I made that mindset, it's less, you know, because like I'm in my MFA degree and boy, can I tell you, they're about probably your, your daughter's age, a little bit older than your daughter's age, you're in their early twenties and they're so talented and you're like, oh my goodness. And so I had to realize like, well, I'm not going to necessarily have the same style. I mean, I'm going to do totally different things. My interests, my thesis is going to be different. So I really need to focus on what I'm bringing to it. Not so much worry about, I want to learn from those other people, uh, but I don't want to be so, it's not a competition between me and the others. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the next thing I wanted to ask you, what are you currently working on? My portfolio. <laughs> Specifically. Really? I mean, like, okay. right, now, yeah. right now the world mm-hmm. has slowed down so sure. much. Um, and that actually is valuable because it, it's given me time to slow down and, and refocus what my voice my voice mm-hmm. is in my portfolio. Um, I've been doing a lot of commission work in the oh, awesome. recent year. Yeah, well, that's great, yeah, actually. That's but great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the, you know, you just spoke on it a second ago, you, you lose your voice sometimes oh, when you're trying to yeah. do work to suit other people's needs. Mm-hmm. And so um, now I'm trying to get back to honing my own voice, honoring it, and then putting that in my portfolio. So nice. whomever is attracted to that, they see who I am as an artist. Um, so I'm specifically working on my portfolio now. I don't have a whole, um, I don't have a commission project. Mm-hmm. And so that's given me time to refocus my energy. That's great. Can you give us a tip about maybe like how often are you refreshing your portfolio for mm. illustration? Um, so I go to conferences about once a year, okay. um, maybe twice a year, wow. depending on if we're having a local or international one. And I try to add new pieces mm-hmm. at least every time I show up for a portfolio show. Um, I wish I had time to just redo the whole thing, which is what I always have a goal for. It never happens, (laughs) but I'm I'm always adding to it. So even if I add two pieces to the the 12 or 15 that I have in, that's an accomplishment, Mm -hmm. um, even though I should be working more than that. But but if I can add a few pieces, I'm, I'm showing the growth of what my portfolio is developing towards and, you know, trying to be strategic about how, what I'm showing in the portfolio Mm -hmm. and and trying to put my strongest pieces in there. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a a curatorial process. Um, You can't put everything in there, but you do Mm -hmm. want to show that you're growing as an artist. So I I try to refresh it a little bit at a time. That's wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit? I know it's not a question on my list, but you brought up something (laughs) about versus the larger. Now I've only been on the online recently with the online workshops uh, with the Southern Breeze, and then I know they have the bigger ones, and it totally intimidates me going to the larger. Have you been to the larger? I have. Wow. I have. Um, well, so so the difference is, okay. is that the regional ones that they have are maybe 200, depending on what region you're in, maybe 200, um, 250 people tops. Okay. Um, so in our Southern Breeze region, we're in Georgia, Alabama, and North Florida. Um, so we, we might have around that many, 
when you go to LA or uh, New York, there's thousands, there's probably about a thousand people from everywhere all over the world, um, which is fabulous, okay. but it is a sea of people. Um, the first time I went, I was quite intimidated. Um, I only knew the people from my region, um, but they were very welcoming. I, I met and made new friends. Um, I was in this, uh, you know, similar path with other illustrators. So I would see them in the workshops over and over again. And that kind of gave me an opportunity to network and get to know people um, that were doing the same type of work I'm doing. Um, so it's a great opportunity. I will say that whether you're, you know, going to an SCBWI regional conference mm -hmm. or an international one, um, you're going to see faculty there that are in the industry. So it doesn't, you know, you may see more faculty in New York because they're centralized okay. in New York because of the publishing industry. But a lot of the same faculty that are there mm -hmm. come to the smaller scale conferences too. So you may get your art directors and your um, your editors and your um, your agents that still come, the same quality of um, faculty that are on the big ones, just on a smaller scale. So um, the, the international ones, they're more expensive. Okay. And of course you can go to the local ones which you don't have to worry about hotel and all that stuff sometimes. So. Um, so for me, that's the difference. Okay. Um, it, it can be intimidating with the number of people, but you're really going there to be amongst people who are doing the same work that you're doing. And that's where the real value comes in. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I'll consider it, but I think it's going to be a while <laughs> before I do something big like that. I'm intimidated, but yeah. thank you for sharing that experience with us. Yeah. So are there any current places that you find like are a good source for looking at artwork that kind of inspires you or where are you going to, whether it's online or in person? Um, I really enjoy looking at online websites mm -hmm. and, and browsing social media um, to see what artists are working on. Um, Instagram is my jam right now. <laughs> so it's, it kind of gives me an opportunity to, to see other illustrators that are doing children's books. And, you know, they always come up with algorithms that show you more people who are doing that type of work. So um, I'm always exploring Instagram always. Um, and then maybe because I'm in the position with SCBWI, I get to see other people's portfolios. So um, with us doing these online workshops, I've been checking out websites that are in Australia and, you know, all over the world because these people are coming to our online workshop. So it just gives me another opportunity to, to view websites online. That's great. Yeah, I think it's really a good idea. Like um, when I've been listening to a lot of podcasts from children's book illustrators and they really say, you know, are you out there looking at the work? You know, are you going, if you can't make it to a bookstore, are you looking at other illustrators oh, yeah, who are currently working in the field? And I do think it's a really good idea because I'm not saying that you're trying to copy them or whatever, but it gives you kind of a pulse on what the market is like and kind of what's really, you know, contemporary, what's kind of going on and, you know, um, and like what are librarians, what are publishers looking for? So I think that's, it's really important that, you know, you mentioned that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you said it yeah. too, because I, I do that as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but I guess now with the time that we're in, mostly everything is online. So, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the bookstores and the libraries are perfect resources. And then it's really good to get to know your librarian because they may have some resources and suggestions for you. Okay. Uh, they also may be a resource for you if you're working in that genre. Okay. And, um, you know, maybe at some point, you know, you can develop a relationship 
with them that might help get your book in their library. So um, it's always about relationship building. That's great. Yeah, it's really um, those skills that you mentioned about relationship building as I've kind of, because of being a teacher, a lot of that is similar. You build relationships with students. You would do that in the commercial art field as well in illustration because you will tend to, I mean, everybody's different, but there are certain customer clients or customers, whatever you want to call them, they are going to like how to, how they work with you, that you work well with others, that you're willing to receive you know, feedback, changes, and that you can also develop a relationship with the author that you work with. Yes. I When I was doing the trade books, it was great because I got to be friends. They were kind of didn't want us to talk at first because I asked them because I was like, oh, well, I'd really love to email the author. And they were like, oh, well, are you sure? We kind of usually keep them separate. And I was like, no, no, I think maybe we could do some, you know, cross-promotional stuff. But I've known her now for 10 years. We email, we talk about each other's kids. How are you doing? And we worked on several books together and we still you know, just try to inspire each other, even though maybe we're not working on projects anymore. I go like, how are you doing? You keep going because you're a really good writer. You are really good at this. I, I would love to keep seeing your work out there. Even if I'm not illustrating it, I want to see her succeed. Yeah. Yeah. We can't do this work alone. You, know, mm -hmm. you definitely have to have the support system there to do it. Um, you got to build community around the work that you're doing too. So yeah, that's absolutely true. Great. So I wanted to ask you in your studio, what is the most indispensable item that you just cannot live without? My computer is super <laughs> important. <laughs> um, so I, I started out in traditional medium, um, but now I do a lot of digital work. And even if I'm doing a painting or, yeah. or, or working out an idea, I'm pulling in my computer so I can see how that how I can tweak things. Mm -hmm. So maybe I do a hand sketch and uh -huh. then tweak it when I get it in the computer if I'm going digital. Nice. Or if, I, if I'm if i doing a physical painting, a lot of times I'll even take a picture of the finished art or this art in stages so that I can see it from a different mm -hmm. perspective. Um, the lighting comes through different on the computer. Um, when you have it scaled down mm -hmm. to a digital form, it, you see it differently. So um, I think right now my computer is my most important thing, but because I do digital art, uh, it's indispensable. Nice. And now do you, I'm curious, are you doing your illustrations? I know some people do Photoshop, some people do Corel Painter, some people, you know, there's so many different programs out there. Some people do Procreate on the iPad. What are you um, using? So um, I really like sketching and okay. um, I start my, my drawings off often in Sketchable. It's just a little drawing app okay. or, or either an Adobe Fresco. Okay. Um, it's Adobe's newest drawing product. And then I always finish in Photoshop or if I'm doing something else, Illustrator and, and InDesign, depending okay. on if I'm doing a book design. Yes. Um, but I use Adobe products to finish everything off. Gotcha. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. So do you find that um, nowadays it's fairly um, commonplace, like, because I know everybody's a little bit different. I still see some illustrators that are still doing traditional work, um, but do you feel like the pulse for most art directors and editors, they would prefer digital versus traditional, or do they not care? Is it just kind of... What I've always heard, the art directors want good art. Mm, so okay. it doesn't matter if you're traditional oh, or okay. digital. Um, they really want you to do your best art mm -hmm. and 
you know, that's going to show through. It's not about the medium. If you're a good artist, okay. it doesn't matter what tool that you put in your hand. Okay. Um, of course, you have to learn how to manipulate the tools and to master the tools that you have. But if your your voice and your skill comes through that okay. medium and on that tool, then that's you as an artist. Perfect. That's, you know, you've perfected your craft in order to bring it to a level that they need okay. on their end. So what I've always yeah. heard is they don't care whether it's yeah, traditional okay. or digital. Um, and if you, they don't want traditional artists uh -huh. to feel like they have to do digital. Okay. Because that's not what they want. Okay. They want great art. Good. Okay, great. Thank you for answering that. I'm kind of on the journey of where, because I, I'm kind of like, would like to do hybrid. I would like to do where it's some traditional because I've, as I've been exploring, I tend to gravitate towards pen and ink, but, and then I like watercolor, but then I also like bringing it into Photoshop and then doing my values, my color comps. It just mm -hmm. speeds up the process. And then it's just convenient when I can just email or upload it to Dropbox or whatever for a client, just because I, um, used to do the shipping of original artwork and all that good stuff. And it just, I don't know. It's just so nice that you can send a digital file. And I guess it also, that's, you know, the tweaking part. <laughs> of course, that has its pros and cons because sometimes it's never finished. But I do like when there's something that's just aggravating. It's like, oh, I don't, but I can fix this in Photoshop or I can, you know, so. That's part of the reason why I've shifted to digital. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I won't say that I do a hybrid. Yeah. I wish I did sometimes because yeah. there is some value in what you can get from texture uh -huh. of paper and paint and um, how it comes out onto whatever you're working on. Um, but I think just having digital available makes the process a whole lot easier. Um, and then some of the some of the, the programs like Adobe Fresco, they have a watercolor um, um, way that, so, so when you put the, the digital paint on the, yeah. The whatever it is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, okay. it acts like watercolor. Nice. It spreads like watercolor. So um, they're trying to mimic the actual traditional medium. And I think as yeah. things progress, they're going to get closer and closer to being able to look like traditional. So I'm just riding that wave. I'm mm -hmm. trying to get better at the work, um, and you know, and perfect my part of that as being a digital artist too. Nice. Can I ask you on the Crash Test Dummies uh, book, how long would you say from beginning to end it took you to get your part done? Just kind of curious, like, you know, how has things changed as far as the, from 10 years ago, from when I started doing traditional, it's like, you know, children's book illustration. It's about six months. Um, but nowadays, I don't know. Did they give you, is it less time? Is it a year? Is it, you know, how was it for you? Okay, so so that book was a little different. Okay. Um, I only did the cover and spot illustrations on the inside of the book. Oh, okay. So there were black and white spots on the inside, and then a full color on the on the outside. Um, that book, you know, they they started talking to me about, you know, coming under that contract a year mm -hmm. prior to actually doing the work, and then when it was time to do the work, I had to do it in four weeks. <gasps> <laughs> so like ten Ooh. illustrations very quickly. Um, and you know, I just, wow. I just got it done. Right. That's <laughs> so, a lot because there's always like, people don't realize like, um, I don't know when I, back in the day, now this was 10 years ago, but I had my sketches. Yeah. I did my value and my color comps. Like I was like back and forth, back and yeah. forth, but I had a yeah. six month window to do and it in. 
that's the normal process. <laughs> this <Weeks>. was abnormal. <laughs> wow. It also wasn't a, like a full color picture book. So sure. the process was a little different. Uh -huh. um, but on average, with all the different types of uh, picture books and middle grade books that I've done, uh -huh. um, I would say six months to a year is definitely um, to be expected. Uh, when I have worked with self-published uh -huh. illustrators or authors, uh -huh. I try to tell them to be realistic about the uh -huh. time frame. That's the first question that I ask them is like, when are you, when are you wanting this book? Just to kind of manage the expectations, because a lot of times they don't know uh -huh. the process of going back and forth um, uh, to understand the vision, to do the sketches, to take the sketches to the um, initial drawing phase and then to the final rendering. Like there's a whole full blown out process and you can't rush it, otherwise you make mistakes, costly mistakes. So um, it's really important to let the, the illustrations have time to breathe and develop. Um, and the project as a whole, you know, not even just the illustrations, but the editing and the, um, the marketing and the, you know, the book creation, all the things that go behind creating the book, it takes time. It's not, it's not a fast process. Um, even if you're a self-publisher, you might be able to get it done faster, but to be realistic, I think at least a year. And if for traditional books, it can be two years. So, um, and then they're also trying to put their book to market at certain times of the year, depending on what the topic is or when they think it can best sell. So there's a whole engine behind the creation of a, a, a children's book. And then by the time you finished for your crash mm -hmm. test dummies, when were you by chance holding the physical book? If you re do you remember how long it took from that point? So that book was mm -hmm. released in October, I think, of okay. last year, 2019. And um, we finished the illustrations in February. And I think they were still working on the layout probably until March. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that book was a very fast process. But they had already been working with the author mm -hmm. at least a year prior to that. Mm -hmm. So still a two year window before yeah. the book actually made it to market. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And once again, <laughs> listen on my questions, but the marketing part of it, which I find, which is really fascinating. Cause I, I think a lot of times we, when I was first starting in children's, I thought it was like, woohoo, I got a book, I'm done. <laughs> it's like, I got the heart, but it really was the beginning of, because if you want longevity, because uh, what I noticed was uh, if you're not promoting your book, if you're not getting the sales, they're going to, it's going to end up on their, it's just going to disappear because they're not going to want to keep it, um, get uh, the second run of copies on it. Um, and I learned that the ones that sold better, you're, you know, it's, it, it keeps the life of the book longer. So promoting the book and helping it along, like you can't just rely on necessarily the publisher now granted i was working with small trade publishers very small so mm -hmm. there were it was a small team of people and so you really had to like step it up and try to learn how to market and i luckily i had some uh, background in graphic design and so that helped out but it was definitely a learning curve can you tell us a little about uh, your marketing efforts you and the author what you guys did yeah, so um, I'm still learning a lot about mm -hmm. marketing. I'm definitely not a, a pro, really? um, but Jennifer Swanson, she is oh. so good at it. Oh okay. my god! Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so she works in uh -huh. nonfiction, okay. and um, is, I believe she's a science teacher as well, oh. and very animated and engaging with her audiences. Uh, we actually just had a book signing at oh. Little Shop of Stories in Decatur, Georgia, a few weeks ago, oh. and just to watch her, I, I would say perform. 
but to watch her engage the audience, the little small people, and like they were so engaged in this engineering book, you know, this this book about science. And um, so she she goes, she does school visits. I think she does interviews. She does all kinds of promotions. She does social media. I when I was watching her work, I was like, gosh, this is like a whole lesson for me. Um, and so I, I have a whole lot to learn, but she really puts herself out there. She gets out there, okay. she does interviews, she does podcasts, nice. like she's a marketing machine. Yeah. And, um, and on top of that, what she presents is valuable information and it, it mm. keeps kids engaged and, you know, um, she's gotten lots of awards and, nice. and I'm just happy to right now be riding the wave of that, <laughs> you know, cause I'm learning so much to be quite honest. That's yeah. Great. Well, and I think, as you said, it's related to science. STEM is so big right now, and so that must be a good tie-in for the curriculum that, you know, as far as with uh, different grade levels and stuff, so it makes it relevant. Yeah, and the other thing, like, um, Jennifer and I also have engineering and science backgrounds. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, so I went to school for engineering, wow. and my day job is an engineer, so wow. and she's a science teacher, and I think she did some things with the Naval Academy. So we both come from technical backgrounds, um, but that also, you know, putting, letting people know who you are as an individual and your background also helps to um, maybe promote the book because you're finding audiences that can relate to you. That's awesome. That's great. Wow. That's, you know, I find that that in itself, the promotion, because I've just had to learn a lot. Like, I just, they didn't, I went to art school, but there wasn't really, like, there was a class called self-promotion, but they just, we made a postcard, we made a resume, but I felt like it didn't really teach you how to promote yourself. So then when I got out, and it really wasn't until I became, when I was into teaching, and that was what I realized that because these teachers, they're looking, we're looking for resources. We're constantly looking, we're constantly learning. And you would find like different sites and then you find teachers that network, teachers that put things together. They're making Pinterest boards of putting all these collections. And I learned so much from that, from being a teacher. And then yeah. I apply it now to the illustration stuff. Like I felt like I had to do 11 years as a teacher to kind of understand this is how you connect with people. This is how you, you know, because teachers automatically, we have professional development. We are automatically required every year to do so many hours of that and, and learn from our fellow teachers. We automatically go to yearly conferences to learn about the profession, the pedagogy, uh, pedagogy I, I'm terrible with my terminology, but, but yeah, about the art of teaching. And so so it's just like once I started with that mindset of understanding, well, teachers do it. Why, why am I not doing this as an illustrator, you know, to make it, you know, into more of something bigger? Yeah. Well, one more thing I want to add. So yeah, I, part of the reason I think I didn't claim being an artist yeah. early on is because I didn't know how to make money as an artist. Ah, yes. <laughs> and so when I found my, one of my mentors, his name is Dan Flores and, um, I went through a program with him to learn about art entrepreneurship and we've stayed closely connected. And one of the things that he's working with is encouraging me to put myself out there in the, in the interwebs and the internet, you know, just to let people know what I'm doing. And so part of that is developing video content um, through YouTube or, you know, zoom trainings and all types of ways to engage with people. Um, that's the other part of marketing is like, how are you, touching other people and, and how are you serving other people? Because when you're in service of them, then that tends to come back to you as well. So um, part of it 
that he's working with me on is creating more content for online. That's awesome. I mean, it's like, uh, and I, you speak so well, you are wonder, you were very kind when I would email back and forth about questions about different workshops. You just a wonderful personality. So I could see you translating very well on video and things like that. Um, I too have been learning. It's kind of weird because I teach animation, though I don't really come from an animation background, but because I ended up kind of falling into teaching animation, I had to learn video post-production and which was the best thing because then I was able to shoot my own video, edit it together, then post it and different things like that. So the skill sets that I've learned as a teacher because I'm constantly having to learn all the software and updates and different things and then I finally was like, oh, I should be applying it to this area even though it seems like it's unrelated but I can provide content because I love teaching, I love sharing what I've learned and like YouTube's amazing. Like I really wish when I was in my undergrad, because there was no YouTube, mm -hmm. I think in high school I was still, oh, let's learn how to type on a keyboard, boys and girls, like a typewriter, not like a yeah. computer. You know, that's what I was from. My yeah. So, you know, all of this stuff I've just kind of had, I, I'm grateful for YouTube because I just watched a lot of videos and learn so much and it's like it's yeah it's amazing what you can it's whole, find it's a whole new age isn't it yeah oh. we have to use this as a tool too yeah and i love podcasts i'm a uh, i listen to who's okay my favorite one that i listen to is svs learns and i have i have just been listening to all their podcasts they're wonderful they're just very candid they're just entertaining but also it's just great when i'm working on my artwork and i listen to that podcast um, but just a lot of the information, it's just so much, um, just people are very honest and they'll tell you kind of like, this is what you need to do. You, your work has to be a certain level. And I realized that's for me, the goal was like for my master's degree to get to that level, because then I feel like I can be more particular about the work that I do. I want to do work that I'm passionate about that. When you look at the illustrations, you can tell, wow, that illustrator was really meant to illustrate that story they they took it to heart they they put it down on paper and you know it I, it's the learning process of how to get there and i'm just trying so hard to ask a lot of questions that i did not do when i was in my undergrad because once again i was just too shy i was just like nervous and i i felt like oh well everybody else knows the answer i don't want to look like the stupid one <laughs> asking the questions but now i'm just like I don't care. They just think I'm the crazy old lady in the corner, <laughs> just in this class, who's asking all these questions. When are you going to stop asking these questions? But I've just realized, like, there's so much I don't know, and there's so much that, um, and once I kind of was willing to accept that, you just embrace, like, there's this wide open, just information there, and you can, you know, if you're willing to learn it, if you're willing to do the research, you can learn so much. Yeah, yeah. The whole world, the whole wide world is open to us now. And all we really have to do is just type a few keystrokes and, and we have it at our fingertips, you know, mm -hmm. so um, it's up to us to take advantage of it. Yeah, that's great. And I um, definitely want to link to your um, different social media. D did you want to say what your Instagram handle was by chance? Yeah. So, so my Instagram handle is Tamika the Artist, T-E. M as in Michael, I-K-A, the T-H-E artist, all spelled the normal way, um, on Instagram. And I also have Kids Lit ATL. If you're in the Atlanta area and you need to find people who are doing children's books, okay. go over to that Instagram as well. 
chat. Oh, and I had another question. There's so many other questions. Um, <laughs> oh, what was something you wish you had known? Like, if you could go back in a time machine, and you're being an engineer, you could probably build a time machine, go back in time, tell yourself, <laughs> these are the things you need to know, Tamika. What would you tell yourself? Um, I, I think we kind of already touched on oh, it, really? but really okay. trusting um, and owning my own voice as an artist. Um, man, that's like, I wish I had known that and to, mm -hmm. to value my own work and to value mm -hmm. what I bring to the table mm -hmm. um, and the story and the history that came with me as an artist and to be courageous enough to mm -hmm. tell that and share it with other people, whether it's in the art or, you know, in speaking engagements, I think showing up fully and letting people hear and see and show them who you are is really important. So um, really owning my own voice. I think if I had known that 20 years ago, I'd be so much farther along. But, you know, you go through your process, you learn, and and, and that's important too. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Great. Well, thank you for the advice. That's all wonderful. Um, and I appreciate your honesty. I think um, I just, it's a journey, it's a process. And I, I think um, that's the thing I had to realize. Like, I would, when I was first starting out, I'd just be so happy. I'd be like, they're going to pay me $50 for this. You know, right. and I just realized, like, okay, well, I got to have some value in this. You know, how many hours did I spend on this? Oh, then I was making like uh, 50 cents an hour, you know, something crazy like that. And I realized, like, it takes, I, I've had to study, I've had to research it, I'm doing sketches, I'm doing color, you know, like, mm -hmm. I, I need to value it, just like you said. And it was something that it didn't, it really didn't click until I was much older. And I think you're meant to have these little lessons in your life that help you figure out. And I probably, I don't know if I hadn't made all the mistakes, not, not necessarily mistakes, because there was another uh, artist I was talking to. It's almost just like, you know, those opportunities, you just learn so much from things that maybe didn't quite work out the way you thought they would. And then you take from that and you carry it to the next lesson, which is, yes. yes. So the last question I have is one of those deep questions that I end with. So it goes, at the end of your life, you've made all the art you've wanted and you've lived a full life. If there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note, you've written with three final truths. What would they be? Um, <clears throat> three final truths. Um, you have everything you need. Um, if you plan you'll probably be ready and probably be prepared. Mm -hmm. So just uh, understanding that you have everything you need at that time to do whatever it is that you want to do, even if it doesn't work out completely, mm -hmm. you have what you need. And then at some point you'll go to another level, but, um, and then really planning where you want to go, seeing yourself in the future um, and knowing that your vision for yourself can happen and then to prepare, you know, just really constantly working um, and knowing that when that opportunity comes, you're going to be ready. So um, th that would be my three things. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this information. This is so generous of you and very insightful. And I know that your journey will continue on and that you will be doing those, the stories, the movies, the animations that you want to have come to life. It was a delight to speak with you and I can totally see your energy and passion for this industry. And I appreciate all that you do for the Southern Breeze because I, it's really um, gives those of us who are you know, working on it that gives us hope and inspiration to draw from it. So thank you.
Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Okay. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening. That's uh, my creative life.